Welcome to the Bloomberg Law Podcast. I'm June Grosso. Every day we bring you insight and analysis into the most important legal news of the day. You can find more episodes of the Bloomberg Law Podcast on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and on Bloomberg.com slash podcasts. It's the last day of decisions in the Supreme Court's term, and so we have answers to those controversial cases we've been talking about. Joining us is Bloomberg Supreme Court reporter Greg Storr. So, Greg, let's start with the decision over whether the Trump administration can add a citizenship question to the 2020 census. The justices were split here in more ways than I can explain, but the question is blocked for now. Tell us what happened. Yeah, you say we have answers. We have (laughs) answers, but they may not be final answers. So Chief Justice John Roberts and the liberal justices said that the explanation that Commerce Secretary Wilbur Ross gave for putting the, the citizenship question on the census was contrived. And they kicked it back to the Census Bureau and the Commerce Department to come up with a better explanation. What's not clear is whether they're going to be able to do that and have time. The explanation that Ross gave was that we were trying to help the Justice Department enforce the Voting Rights Act, which protects minorities at the polls. But Robert said the evidence indicated that Ross came into office wanting to add this question, that he solicited the Justice Department to to formally ask for it. And it's not clear exactly how Wilbur Ross will be able to get out from under that, put together an explanation, and get it all done in time to have the census forms printed. This will go back to the federal judge, Jesse Furman, in New York, who wrote that book practically on why the citizenship question shouldn't be allowed. And he'll have to judge whether or not that is an adequate explanation. If he says it's not, then it would go to the Supreme Court. Almost certainly, assuming the administration goes forward, there will be another court fight. This one may happen on an emergency basis. There are actually three challenges around the country. I would imagine all those plaintiffs are thinking about their next steps. And there will be more court challenges, and it will come back up to the Supreme Court. And John Roberts, who, who cast the deciding vote in this case, is very likely to be the one who will decide whether that new explanation is good enough. All the while, the clock is ticking. We're just going to have to see what happens over the summer. So John Roberts was the deciding vote. He was the swing vote here. Does that harken back to the Obamacare decision so many years ago, a highly political case where he cast the deciding vote by sort of splitting it down the middle? Yes, it does. And this opinion resembles that a little bit in that it was quite hard to figure out what exactly the court had done, just like in in Obamacare, it was kind of challenging uh, because there was little of this and little of that. Yes, John Roberts has said publicly he cares a lot about the court's institutional standing. He is very protective of that. This decision came down on the same day as the partisan gerrymandering decision that I think we're going to talk about in a second, um, Mm -hmm. where the court sided with conservatives on that. Roberts sided with conservatives. Here's an opinion where, you know, Roberts is making the point that we are not, even though it's a pretty conservative court, we are not reflexively going to side with the Trump administration or political conservatives. So let's go on to the partisan gerrymandering. In five to four votes along ideological lines, the court decided that voting maps cannot be challenged for being too partisan. Tell us first about the majority opinion. Yeah, so this this decision was as clean as the other one was messy. This was the five conservatives, again with John Roberts, writing it. And essentially what he said was courts do not have a role in this thing. This is a political process. 
you know, this is the same chief justice who a year ago when the court heard arguments in, in a different case said, we don't want to be in the position of, in each case, deciding the Republicans win or the Democrats win. This opinion says this is a political question that courts are not competent to decide whether a voting map is too partisan. Justice Elena Kagan wrote a rather biting dissent, and she started with, for the first time ever, this court refuses to remedy a constitutional violation because it thinks the task beyond judicial capabilities. Yeah, it it was a very strongly worded dissent from Justice Kagan. She read a summary of it from the bench. She actually broke up a little bit at the end of her dissent when she said, with respect but great sadness, we dissent, which is a really remarkable thing to hear. You know, this was a hard-fought case over the course of two terms. Several justices in arguments this year, several of the conservative justices, acknowledge this is a real big problem, you know, voting maps that are designed primarily to help the party that's in power. And up until now, there had been at least the possibility that the courts would step in and police that. But now that possibility is gone. If Justice Kennedy was on the court still, whether the decision might be different, because he left the door open to the possibility that some kinds of partisan gerrymandering might be too extreme in a concurring opinion years ago. He did, and a lot of people last term thought that Justice Kennedy might finally be ready to say, okay, here's a test that courts can use to decide whether partisanship has gone too far. The the challengers to these maps put a lot of time and effort into sociological tests and statistical tests that could distinguish the really bad maps that courts they say courts should strike down. But Kennedy wasn't satisfied last term, and he didn't really delve into it. The court ended up resolving that case on very narrow grounds by saying these particular plaintiffs hadn't shown that they had the right to sue in this case. So that kicked the big question over to this term when Kennedy's no longer on the court. And Brett Kavanaugh, who was one of those justices who said this is a really big problem for our democracy, but he joined the majority in saying there's nothing that federal courts can do about it. Is it just happenstance that you have two very political decisions on the same day that both sort of cancel each other out? (laughs) One in one, the uh, liberals won, and the other, the conservatives won. Well, on one hand, it could be. These were obviously very big cases, hard fought, and they were argued near the end of the term. So it's not surprising they are among the last ones to come out. But the fact that they both came out on the same day and and the Chief Justice wrote them both, it's hard not to think that he was very aware of the message that this will send, which is that this is not a reflexive court that is always going to side with conservatives, especially on these big political issues. John Roberts saved himself from a day of news that said he wrote the decision that barred any challenges to partisan gerrymanders. Now that is, you know, just one of two major decisions, and then the other one... We have to leave it there, Greg, but we'll be checking back with you tomorrow, and the court will discuss new orders. Thanks for listening to the Bloomberg Law Podcast. You can subscribe and listen to the show on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and on Bloomberg.com slash podcasts. I'm June Grosso. This is Bloomberg. Bloomberg.